This week on Aliens Explored, we have an intriguing mystery for you about supposedly the most perfect photo of a UFO ever taken, which disappeared and then reappeared 30 years later. The photo also captured a military jet shadowing the UFO, which the authorities deny all knowledge of. Added to that, we have a newspaper editor who refused to publish the photo, claiming that he had been served with a Defence Intelligence D-notice forbidding publication, which the authorities also deny all knowledge of. And who took the photo anyway? Join us on Aliens Explored as we explore the mystery of the Calvin UFO. This episode is dedicated to our friend and explorer of the week, Israel. Israel has subscribed to our Patreon, which helps us to keep on doing what we do. Check out what's available on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back, listeners, to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we look at modern-day and historical UFO events, or UAP events, as they are now called, uh, and crop circles, personal favourite, uh, and all sorts of other weird and wonderful things connected with extraterrestrial supernatural events. I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly, and I'm just here for the weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what you normally call me? The weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, the weird stuff. Yeah. I just like I like the I just like the weird things that people get into. You know? <laughs> Never mind anything extraterrestrial or supernatural. You know. I, I want to know hey, who's doing what to who. You say weird, many people say kinky. But um yeah. I, I say kinky too. Yeah, kinky. <laughs> fetishistic and uh, moving very very quickly <laughs> on from there um how are you doing anyway uh, it's been a little while since we've recorded one of these because it, it isn't because i've been on my holidays yeah you been, been off to majorca in the mediterranean majorca majorca yeah and yeah. spent the time sort of under under palm trees and uh trying to keep to the shade as much as possible but when i'm Excellent. jumping in the pool or jumping off the cliff into the sea because it was the beach, it's just a cliff you know, and a ladder. So lots of time to be spent watching the skies. Did you see anything unusual? Um, well, I kept a lookout, um, but no, I didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I did see something when I was in the plane. I took a picture of it, but it turned out it was the moon. But it looked really, it was a really nice pic. Right. But well, I didn't have a window seat, so I had to wait for the guy in the window seat to lean forward. <laughs> and then I had a clear shot of the window. 
So he leans forward and he hears this camera shutter going. Yeah. As he's showing his, his bum crack. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> okay, fantastic. He's dagging um, them cleavage. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, <laughs> so... Well, a lot's been happening whilst you've been on holiday, um, and there's been some really interesting breaking news in the UFO community. Mm. Now, a lot of our listeners know that we record these these uh, episodes in advance, and at the moment we're about a month or just under a month in advance. Um, Mm. Yeah, just three and a half, about three and a half weeks at the moment. Well, let's just say advance. we're recording this on the fifteenth of August. So whatever you listen, wherever you're listening to it, <laughs> we, we we said all this stuff on the fifteenth of August. We are, and it's only in the last week that this that today's topic um, has actually come out and and come public knowledge. Um, mm. So we're we're kind of we're recording it as as breaking much breaking news as we can. So apologies to our listeners if. By the time this episode comes out, you're sick to death of hearing about this. Because mm. uh, it will be covered a lot by a lot of people, I imagine. Uh, and, of course, apologies to anyone who um, who was looking forward to us talking about the 2013 National Press Conference. That is not the subject of today's uh, episode, because, like I said, breaking news, we are, of course, talking about the Calvine UFO and its subsequent... Um, the reappearance of the photograph that went missing mm. many, many years ago. Uh, so the Calvine UFO, I'm sure we've mentioned this on the episode before. It's certainly a very famous UFO case, particularly here in the UK. Well, isn't it reckoned to be the clearest ever photo taken of a UFO? It is, and and this comes back to you know how people say, oh yeah, if you get so many UFO events, if there's so many flying saucers, how come nobody ever captures like a good image of it? Why is it mm. always fuzzy and grainy, and why is there all this camera shake? Well, I think the Calvine UFO um, incident is a perfect example of why you never get to see perfectly clear images of UFOs because of what happened with this particular one. Now, and this is a, a classic men in black story, isn't it? The government agencies stepping in and, and suppression and things going missing. It really is. It, it properly is. Um, but looking at the incident in itself first, before we come onto the photo, um, are, are you familiar with the Calvine UFO incident? Um. Or were you? I know you did. I, I wasn't. Obviously, I've looked it up. I've looked it up to see what we're going to talk about. But no, I wasn't. I wasn't aware of it. But um, when I read, the more I read, it was, oh yeah, well that's probably why I'm not familiar with it because uh, this picture was taken. Um, it was. They're not. They can't even find the people who took the picture now, can they? They. Well, they. They. They're. Um, identity, that's the word I was searching for there. Their identity has never been known and it's never been disclosed. But uh, they didn't try and keep it a secret. I mean, what I read was that these people were working in a kitchen somewhere. They were chefs and they decided to take a little walk to get some fresh air and cool down a bit and um, well, take a little they were walk on a out in the wilds holiday. of Scotland. Um, is that what it said? Because no. I read that they were they were taking a break from their their Oh, maybe it was a longer break then. 
Um, it, it was but, yes, it was a it was a holiday. But I read that there were a couple of chefs, and they were they were taking a walk out in the wilds of of Scotland, and they heard this humming noise and looked around and saw this saw this UFO that they got this. You know, they, they didn't they hide in the bushes? They thought, well, they're coming for us. Better hide in the bushes, and they got a. I think there's about six pictures of it. There, there were six pictures. This is going back to, well, th- this is the evening of the 4th of August, 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, as you rightly say, it's in the Scottish Highlands. It, it's near a place called Calvine, mm. uh, which, yeah, is is basically a lot of, I won't say wilderness because, you know, mm. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, Calvine itself is like a, a small hamlet, a little village. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's out in the countryside of Scotland, mm. and uh, yeah, these two high. Because I'll be honest, I didn't know there were chefs. So clearly, you picked up I, something. I read there. somewhere there were chefs. Yeah, I do know no. their identity is is withheld. Mm. It is very much withheld. Um, and you're absolutely right. Yes, this humming noise. They turn around, and there is this absolutely huge diamond-shaped craft, Mm. just to quote Douglas Adams, hanging there in exactly the same way that bricks don't. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and they watch this thing, and uh, over the course of about 10 minutes, it's just stationary there. Some jets come and go past it five or six times. And that's another mystery, isn't it? Because um, the R they, they 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 said it looked like a Harrier jet. Um, and looking at this picture, it does look. It's got that sort of profile. I mean, it's very tiny and just a an outline. But uh, the, of course, the RAF denied that they had a Harrier jet in the sky at that time. Um, so they, they can't track down the pilot. Um, it's possibly a U.S. Marine Corps um, Harrier jet. They they were flying those at the time. And this is, of course, mm. close to the North Sea, um, so mm. it's not an unreasonable aspect to that. Um, but certainly it was denied at the time. However, there have been documentation that's come up uh, very, very recently um, that suggests that there was there was a cover-up going on. Yeah, now, they, they, they gave the original the photo to the... The Daily Record newspaper, the Scottish Daily Record, the Absolutely. Scottish Daily Record, who who declined to publish it. Now there was talk of a, a D notice being slapped on it. This is when you know the the men from the ministry turn up and shut you down. Yes, um, I was surprised to read that a, a D notice isn't compulsory. It's not an absolute shut down. You know, we're we're banning you from doing this, and you'll go to prison if you don't cease and desist. It's actually just a, a formal request for you to not not to publish this information. And um, they decided not to. Well, I mean, let's look at the, the Scottish Daily Record as a as a publication. And, and yes, and, and to be clear, the hikers didn't just give the photos hmm. to the Scottish Daily Record. They gave the negative. So we're talking, obviously, pre-digital hmm. photography here. They gave, so we're talking actual yeah. film. Yeah. And yes, they gave the actual film itself to the Scottish Daily Record. Um, but yeah, if 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 a, 
an organisation like the Scottish Daily Record do receive a D notice. Mm. Of course, yes, they don't have to comply, but mm. what are the consequences of them not doing? Well, just, just ask Julian Assange what the consequences are well. <laughs> for publishing something the government doesn't like. Well, even on a more minor scale, um, every time the Scottish Day of the Record would then come to the MOD for a quote or clarification on anything, or you know, they, they obviously have to have a a good working relationship with mm. various government bodies, including the military. Yeah, um, and yeah, if 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 they don't comply with the D notice, there is the possibility, of course, that the military might just tell them to sod off every time they came to them asking for it. But but that that can that could backfire in, in their faces as well, couldn't it? Because the the the, the MOD could said, well, yeah, we don't like this publication. We we've got the hump with them. So whenever they require any kind of clarification or something or any any verification of a story, we will just not comply. We'll tell them to piss off. Um, and so, but what's going to happen is they can then publish the most outlandish stories and go to the MOD and, and then just put the MOD declined to comment, thereby giving some sort of spurious credibility to the story. Even worse, the MOD could be very selective about what they do and don't respond to. Hmm. Well, they, they always are anyway. Let's not kid well, ourselves. It's the uh, MOD. Yes. <laughs> but, but ultimately, I mean, no, I'm, I'm of the belief that the Scottish Daily Record would want a good working relationship. And that in itself would be a reason to comply with um, the notices. However, mm. this does seem, on the flip side of that, this does seem to be a really big story to just quash like that. And and I also would have thought, if I was a journalist on the Daily Record um, and I, I was slapped with a D notice on the MOD, I'd be thinking, well, how else can I get this out there? Who who can I slip this to? Well, and, this and, is and where... Denial, and denial knowledge of it. This is else... where, for me, it gets really, really weird. So the hikers have given the Scottish Daily Record the photographs and the negatives. Hmm. Somebody from the Scottish Daily Record gave the photographs and the negatives to the MOD. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why would they but do it, that? It is the classic, you know, the men in black turn up, isn't it? And they say, we know you've got a picture. We know you've got some photos and negatives. We want them or else. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't put that past them at all. Hmm. Um, and because there, there has been speculation, of course, that um, far, from, far from being an extraterrestrial vehicle, this was, um, as is often speculated when, when a UFO is spotted, this is some kind of prototype test aircraft being tested by the US military. And mm. and the, actually, the, 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 the jets that they saw flying around it weren't, weren't shadowing it, they were actually escorting it. That that is one theory that has been put forward. Um, mm. However, we haven't said what happened. Like so, we've said about the hikers um, out walking. They hear the hum. They take, as you rightly say, six photographs. We know about the jets. What we haven't mentioned is how that particular encounter ended, mm. uh, which is essentially that the yes, eventually the let's assume harriers flew off, mm. um, and this thing hung there for a little while longer. 
and then suddenly it shoots up into the air vertically at an incredible speed. Mm. And why would the Harriers fly off, if, whether they were escorting it or shadowing it? Because Harriers can hang in the air like the UFO was doing as well. That's the whole value of them, isn't it? Th- they can, but isn't aren't they incredibly fuel-intensive? Yeah. When they do I that. Mean, yeah, possibly they run out of fuel. Yeah. Uh, it's more for takeoff and landing, isn't it? Ver- uh, vertical takeoff and landing. Yeah. VTOL, in fact, a vertical. Yeah. But, but then, because of the way the jet, because it's got these jets that rotate that are on the side of the aircraft, so they rotate downwards to lift it up into the air, and then they turn um, horizontal to push the aircraft forward. But it's still not, um, it's still not a supersonic aircraft. Oh, by no. any means. But can it do that at height? Uh, as I understand it, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I understand it can, it can hover in the air. That's how um, they, they came to the fore in the Falklands War when they were up against supersonic aircraft, and apparently that was one of the tricks they could do by just suddenly stopping just and, stop and going... going <laughs> yeah, and, and going straight up. You know, they, they could... Right. Okay. They were... Okay. I just imagine that being incredibly, yeah, just a good way to run out of fuel very quickly. They they would do, yeah. I I, I don't know this for for sure, but I, I think what's happened is that the, the Harriers have largely been superseded by attack helicopters that right. are probably probably more fuel efficient. I, I imagine and, so, and yeah, they they can do all those things. So yeah, um see but no it's a good question. Why did even if they were intercepting this this mm. let's say the the local um RAF bases got this ping of this massive UFO mm. on its radar and these Harriers are sent out to intercept it. Yeah, why would they just fly off? Mm. It does seem a bit strange. Now, of course, there is another possibility that there is a section of the governments, perhaps of the military, uh, perhaps outside the military, who has access to such hardware um, as Harrier jump jets, who perhaps we don't even know about, uh, who were escorting it, but not from America. You, You mean in private hands? Uh, I'm thinking basically, you know, men in black type scenarios. Hmm. Well, I, I would imagine most of the, you know, for instance, the, the company that built Harrier jets, they would have access to them, wouldn't they? The ones that they haven't quite yet passed on well, to the military yet, un, unsold. They would, but, you know, if there was a shadowy um, section of government, let's say. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm purely, purely speculating there. Um, Anyway, following the track of these stories then, yes, it comes Mm. into the MOD's hands um, and it is sent for analysis uh, at the Joint Air Reconnaissance and Intelligence Centre. Now, I'm I'm given to understand that you're in a better position Mm to know than me having been an intelligence analyst um i believe they're the people who are the experts at studying photographic material and things like that um jarek i think these the jarek yeah um i, I don't know acronym. too much about that i mean 
I, I certainly remember at the time of the of the um, I- Iraq War when when America and allies were getting ready to invade Iraq, and they showed these photos, satellite photos taken, which they purported showed um, chemical weapons producing facilities. And what became very apparent was that um, with these satellite photos, it, the, a layperson can't make out anything from them. Mm. That you basically need the expert to tell you, oh, that's this and this is this, because of, you know that's how they recognise it. But now, of course, it wasn't that they can just tell you anything they like because you don't know any different. Um, but this was, I mean, this was a clear photo, wasn't it? Clear as day, a large photo of this this strange diamond shaped craft or flying saucer craft well it's it's interesting you say about it being clear so there are out there in the hmm. in the public an awful lot of mock-ups of it hmm. recreations of it i've seen a copy of the now the the original is held under some very very strict copyright hmm. um but you can see it if you go to um, the UAPmedia.uk website. Mm. They're the people. It's actually being held in uh, Sheffield Hallam University in their archives. The resolution is not all that clear. Mm. It, I mean, it is quite clear. But it's not amazingly clear, I wouldn't say. It's a great photo. Please don't misunderstand me here. Mm. Um, but it's there, there's not much colour to it. It's quite washed out. Um, it, it's quite grainy because of the daylight. I mean, this was taken at 9pm at night. Mm. So, okay, August the 4th, you're still in daylight. In Scotland, you're definitely in daylight. You're in, still in daylight at midnight that time yeah. of year. So. <laughs> But well, I mean, light certainly would have been dropping, and you know, it gets quite mm. cloudy up there, and and what have you. So yeah, it is. Light is is not ideal uh, for taking it. So the photo itself is a little bit on the grainy side. So yeah, it, I would say it's not. I mean, to to my eyes, I wouldn't have been able to pick out. Yeah, that's a Harrier jump jet. Um, mm. But, you know, there are people like at this Jarek who are experts in doing these things who work. I mean, they, I'm not an expert either, but um, say. And, and certainly I, I, all I could see was yeah, someone's, if someone hadn't said, oh, that's a Harrier, I wouldn't have known. But when, when someone's, it is like that suggestibility with, with these kinds of photos. Someone says, oh, that's a Harrier. And said, well, yeah, I can see that. Oh, yes, it you can see it once like you've been told. Absolutely. Yeah. So to help you out, Neil, I've just sent you... Uh, a, co- a, a link to where that photo is displayed. Can you mm. see that there? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really grainy photo, but I've seen a, a, a much better one. Or is that that would have been much... a mock up? It's a mock up, so yeah. right. So far like... from being so, if this is so, this says it's a line drawing of one of the Calvin photographs created for Im- imagery analysis. Oh, the, is that menis- what I've sent you? Yeah. So it looks like a really grainy photo. Oh, uh, scroll further down. Scroll further down. Uh, so yes, there's it, a picture of a Harrier. Uh, keep going, keep going down. Oh yeah, got it. Yeah, got it. 
There we go. Now again, it looks almost a sepia tone photo. It looks like a you know, from a. That, that's what I mean. The colours are quite from washed out of it. Yeah, I think because of the time of day uh, and because of the the cloud cover. Um, and you see what I mean about it? It's got that visual noise, they call it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's also, it's a great photo. And I'm not it's a great photo, at yeah. all. Um, but yeah, when you see these crisp, clear 4K image, well, no, they're, they're, they're mock-ups of it. Mm. And, and there have been a lot of mock-ups of this photo over the years where once it disappeared, people were describing what it looked like and people were recreating it. Mm. Um, but, of course, it was never the original, and it's the original that's, um, uh, that we see. Now, the craft itself has been estimated uh, with its size... Uh, I'm assuming in comparison to the Harrier because that's the only thing mm. really you've got any frame of reference for. Um, but it's estimated to be about 100 foot long, mm. which is 31 metres for those who work in metres. I mean, that's a huge craft. Is it? I mean, how long is a, a, a medium-sized passenger jet? I don't that's know. About, that's about. That's probably that, that sort of length as well. Seven three seven. Yeah, seven three seven. Uh, I'm looking this up as we speak. How long is a seven three seven? It's um, ninety four foot. Okay, so it's a bit longer than. A, so it's a little bit longer than a seven three seven. And it's a, and it and it's round rather than long. And it's it's certainly it's it's. Deeper or taller. Um, yeah. So where we're saying diamond shape, now if you said to me diamond shape, I'd picture it more of a vertical, sort of taller than it is wide, yeah. but this is wider than it is tall. This is yeah, a classic flying saucer shape. Now, I remember some time ago we spoke to Barry about yes. um, about developing um, futuristic craft, military, military aircraft, and I do wonder about you know, why they're going for the – the flying saucer shape. I mean, he spoke about the difficulty of having aircraft that have no tail fin, and the the, the justification for having no tail fin is to reduce the radar profile. Mm. So you are almost left with something something fairly disc shaped. But I'm still wondering: is did 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 people get the idea from science fiction? That, oh, let's try and make an aircraft um, that's that's disc shaped because that's what the future looks like or did someone realize that actually disc shaped would be a better would actually be a more efficient the kind of sightings came first and sightings people came. were seeing flying discs and then yeah. that was picked up by hollywood and science fiction yeah but i'm wondering the military if they're trying to develop that is because is it because they think oh yeah that's what futuristic craft is supposed to look like or the, or some someone has actually worked out that yeah that's actually that's actually far more efficient there's a there's Shaped a thing, isn't there, called um, it's it's basically like convergent evolution, where mm. everything works towards being the most uh, efficient possible, mm. and it could very easily be a simple. It's a bit like um, you'll remember as well as I do, Neil. You go back thirty years, and mm. cars you could instantly 
tell the make of a car by its general outline. Mm. You know, if it was a square, it was a Volvo. Yeah. Um, if it was, you know, a bubble car, it was a Volkswagen. Yeah. You know, all that kind of the thing. Ford Capri, the, the exactly. Beetle, were, yeah. All very, very distinctive shapes. Um, and then it shifted quite a lot until about 20 years ago when the only cars that were distinctive were either the m- most expensive cars or the very cheapest cars. Mm. Um, and now we've hit this point whereby, yeah, cars just, they all look like each other now. Yeah. It's hard I mean, to tell. You can't tell the make of a car just from its outline. Anymore. No, I mean, and of course they keep changing. Every year there'll be a new model. So, you know. There's that, but there is, because of a lot of aerodynamics come into play and things like that, they're all moving towards the same efficient shape. Mm. So it could well be the exact same thing as what you're saying there with why um, aircraft developers are moving towards this flying saucer shape. Uh, It's because that is the most efficient way. But the interesting one about this Calvine photo is it's not, rounded it's angular everything's angular on it Mm. and it's got sharp angular edges and it also does have a small tail fin a very Mm. very small one um on on one end as you look at the photo on the right hand side there is a tiny little tail fin so it's almost like a large flash gordon type craft it did do you know what that's yeah the the yeah. rocket ship yeah <laughs> it's very much got that that styling to it and it also doesn't look to be designed to go vertical suddenly at high speed mm. but it did unless it can flip unless it changes there was nothing yeah. um and and yeah. i say about you know some documents have come to light with this photograph uh, the original witness statement is one of them there was no mention about the craft changing, you know, direction or it just pointing went upwards. Up. Just suddenly went up at high speed. Mm. Now, it's not to say it didn't. It might have been left out or just, you know, when people give witness statements, they often expect the obvious things to be exactly mm. that obvious. Um, but I do find the fact it wasn't mentioned, I find that interesting mm. i guess yeah it's the difference like you know, if, if a helicopter suddenly needs to go straight up it just goes straight it doesn't point itself up it just goes straight up because yeah. it's propulsion unit will lift it that way whereas a jet aircraft if it wants to go straight up has to actually point its way up yes it's got a bank so, upwards yeah first yeah mm. so it didn't do that it just went up like a helicopter rather than like a a jet plane Absolutely. Now, I'm very conscious, Neil, we, we've we've come to the end of our time for this episode. We mm. haven't even mentioned the reappearance of the photograph. So what we're going to do, this is going to be a two-part episode, listeners. So make sure you are joining us next time where we discuss this in even more depth and we talk about the strange reappearance of the photo. And and as a special treat for you, um, um, enter Nick Pope into the story. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, he was going to have to come up at some point, wasn't he? Yeah. In this story, 
uh, yes, we will definitely be talking about Nick Pope as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so join us next time for that. In the meantime, keep watching all those photos, whether they are grainy, blurry, shaky, or crystal clear. And of course, keep watching the skies. And if the MOD come and slap a D notice on you, best probably to comply. Hi. Catch you next time. Is a good yeah. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.